This one is called Knots in My Hair. Drip, drip, drip. Sunflower neon shadows line the strip as I dip, drip, strip, barefoot in the car, bare chest in the air. Sun, sun, sun. I am the one, one, one. I am gliding, riding auto, purple, yellow, blue, yellow. The street lights flicker and distort my color. I am pink. I think this is it. Trap, trap in the cheese in your little mouse. No rat. White fur, black brows, red eyes, tired eyes, tired why? Tired guys asking me if I need a ride, asking if I have a guy or some pride. I have both. Neither matter. I have me. I am me. The skin ripples. Hair covers my nipples as I sip on a watermelon beer. Come hell or high water in my glass. The word he uses is sass, not class. Jazz plays as I take off my dirty denim shorts. You try to run your fingers through my hair, but you get caught in the knots. Just pull hard. Pull them out. Thick clumps and bald spots when I pull my hair up, but you won't tell anyone. These knots, these thoughts, they form. Torn, ragged chemical proteins tangle, wrangle my frustrations. So I run a bore bristle brush 100 times through each section of hair. Care about yourself. This self-care. I tear my hair out in clumps. Lumps in my breast reappear after 10 years. The biopsy was negative. Chemical treatment of choice is yingling. I'm still a young thing. 27 is the new 21 minus the fun and adding the premature wrinkles, laugh lines, but I only smirk. Just drip, drip, drip. You dip your fingers through the lock of my knot. The key is my need and it needs to be torn through the lock. Kill me, toss my knots. Sheet music forms in the clump of clumps of my hair. Play it, a Hungarian suicide song of a gloomy Sunday. 100 deaths in each strand of hair. Play my song. Play his song. Self-care. Take care of my hair. There, sip. Strip, dip, strip me bald. At this point, what we often do is we tell people that, uh, you know, wishes and hopes are not going to get us anywhere. We're waiting for something to happen. You could wish and hope you would get that good writing job or wish and hope that someone would accept your article or wait for something to happen. Okay. But it's action and effort that mean the most. Right. And it sounds like you took a lot of action and effort. So we often tell this story, but it's so great. I love to tell it every single time. <laughs> uh, there was this person that prayed to win a lottery every day. <clears throat> Sweat blood, okay? Real hard. Mm -hmm. And they got, nothing ever happened. So they got so angry that they went outside and they yelled up at this guy. They said, God, why won't you let me win the lottery? And God called back down and said, could you meet me halfway and at least buy a ticket? <laughs> So the idea, Sheena, is buying the ticket. It sounds like you bought the ticket. So tell us about that. Tell us about buying the ticket. Tell us about getting off of ground zero and saying, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, it's it's a constant battle. I mean, like sometimes like I feel like very confident and I have fought back successfully for that day or that week. And like other other times, like I'm still I'm still in that fight. So it's in I think it's a constant fight because it is really hard to teach yourself a, a behavior like over if you if you don't like keep doing it and you don't learn how to kind of cope with like the negative things that are going to inevitably happen that it's just you're just going to like go back and then you have to start over again and I don't know if this is something that I'm going to have to keep doing my whole life probably but like as long as I keep doing it well if you're want to bench press 300 pounds and eventually you get there and say, well, I can bench press 300 pounds. I don't have to go back to the gym anymore. And you go back two months later. Can you bench press 300 pounds? Doubt it. No, it's, <laughs> it takes, it's the action and effort. It's, it's maintaining it's maintenance. Is it not? So quite often, Sheena, when we 
find out something that doesn't work or we get a poor grade, we have a poor result, we go back and we go through every step of that process. What occurred that made this negative process? But what I'm going to challenge you is to reach out to people and say, when you have something positive, well, quite often we'll ask them, tell us about a good time in your life. And then what people, places, things, circumstances, and events were in play so we can add to and reinforce those mm -hmm. to continue to produce that positive outcome. So you, you created an action plan. I, I did. Um, I, I followed it, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was really just mainly self-care, which is still, I think, like, the most important thing, but it is just also, like, those forming, being being mindful and forming those habits every day because it does take time for these things to become second nature to you. Um, but, but yeah, like, it was something where I was kind of just like, well, if what I'm doing right now doesn't work, I should work on to try something else. And again, you're talking to yourself. So we have a, we have established patterns of behavior. Our pathways, these thoughts become like eight-lane superhighways, and we often talk about this, well-traveled and well-maintained. However, however, sometimes they take us to places where it's not real good. These, when we think from our thoughts and feelings, it can be like a travel agent that takes us to a not good destination, maybe perhaps to the one-star hotel. Okay. So the idea here is that if we learn to look at situations rather than from them, and it sounds like you did that, good for you. And we're going to keep challenging that. I just, I, I just love your work. So uh, you talk about this mecha depression. I would, I'd like to get back and talk a little bit about your influences. We talked about the spacecraft, and that's kind of stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm glad you, I'm glad you have those type of thoughts. So tell us a little bit about the the witchcraft angle that you made in there. Oh. Um I, like, religion and spirituality is, like, really, like, kind of, like, a complicated thing for me, because, um, yeah, I was, I was raised Christian, and then just kind of fell into, like, more of an agnostic thing, and then for a while, like, it, when I started, like, college, I felt very lost, and I got very into Christianity again, and then after a while, I was like, this is not for me, and then after that, I was it's very complicated, very, but I, I know like a lot of people that I know that are born again or who have turned to pretty much any kind of faith and done it like for a reason. It's because like they kind of needed that guidance. Um, and I've just kind of found that like witchcraft works best for me. Okay. Um, like I am really like a science and nature oriented person. Mm -hmm. So like I'm very... So when some people mention the word witchcraft, what does that conjure up in some people's minds? I think that it's like evil and curses and cauldrons and stuff. It's not really, no. <laughs> so tell us, tell us what it is in your perception. Tell us what it means to you. Um, well, it's funny because it's actually like very like... You're not, you're, you didn't build a uh, house of gingerbread to trap Hansel and Gretel, do you? Because <laughs> I just eat the gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, um, for me, it's just uh, more turning, turning like regular things into kind of rituals. Like um, a lot of times, like gardening and cooking, I've kind of turned into more of like a ritualized thing, mm -hmm. and it holds its like very special meaning to me. Or like um, 
when when the full moon's out like i'll just like light some candles and like have like a nice dinner and just mm-hmm. like sit on sit on like my like mantle like overlooking the window and drink some tea and look at the moon and it's just this very like special like weird kind of bonding experience so for kind me. of what you're talking about is connecting yes okay so connecting so uh all faiths, all particular type, and most people out there know that I am a I'm a Buddhist by philosophy. I'm a Quaker by affiliation. Okay, so what we believe is, is there's there's the divine in everyone. Okay, not necessarily there's no dogma, there's no creed. Okay, so when when we take that type of view, and we take that type of view for every for everything, uh, Sanskrit, for example, let's say the the, the mantras that are. Uh, chanted in Sanskrit. It's not necessarily the words, it's a tonation, the energy that that, that is produced by them, okay? Mm-hmm. So the umso hum thing is, I am that. So we take the position that there's only so many elements, there's only so much, and everything's made up of the same type of energy, okay? Me, you, birds, rocks, trees, whatever, the moon, mm-hmm. okay? So if we're all the same type of energy, aren't we all connected? Yeah, and also, like going going into like the mantras, um, like I'm a big like English nerd. I'm really into um, like J. L. Austin's like concept of like the performative, where like um, saying is action, and the words are action. And I feel like um, thing, things like chants or things like um, like Wiccan and which which he spells, like those are just like words that are done with intent. And the the performance of that is the most important part of it. And intent means everything. It's intention is what it is. Mm-hmm. And this, this is where the fishing without bait uh, concept came about. It's not setting definitive expectations on ourselves or trying to live up to and perhaps unrealistic definitive expectations of others. So quite often here, we help people make magic of their own here. We help people make magic. When you think of the term abracadabra, Miss Sheena, what uh, what comes to your mind? Oh, magic. Magic's <laughs> making something appear, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, it's a real word. It comes from the Bible's Jesus, Aramaic time. Middle East. And what it translates into is what I speak, I create. Mm. Okay. What I speak, I create. So people can make their own magic. And that's basically how you got out of your depression. What you spoke, you created. Is it not? Right. Isn't that like the mantras? What I speak, I create. Very true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's what we help people do. We help people empower themselves. And through your writing, I believe that's what you help people do too. Well, I hope so. Um, well, I um I work I work with teen girls um with really girls right Pittsburgh and it's this um way for like teen girls to express themselves and their feelings through creative writing. So whenever I first started doing the workshops, um like some of the girls were like very like reticent and like unsure. So like I did start sharing my stuff and it was like with them and be like here's an example and just kind of like opening opening my like feelings to them also kind of made them feel like they could do that as well which is really cool but also um just letting them like realize that they do have outlets is incredibly important so you're sharing your gifts with others and encouraging them and supporting them in discovering their gifts talents and abilities no one gets anywhere from positions of weakness we could sit here and discuss your character defects and weaknesses for the next six months, and I'll guarantee you things will get worse. Tell us about getting into that girls' right, Pittsburgh. Um, that was 
actually a time when I started saying yes a lot. Um, for those before, I said yes too much. So like, it's one of the things that's really important to me and I don't want to give up. Um, but I was, I was in grad school and I was working a lot, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing the things that I wanted to do when I, what I really wanted to do was to write and I really wanted to work with kids. So like having that opportunity to come in my neighborhood, which is Brookline, um, I just by chance saw a flyer that they were looking for facilitators and I ended up being the first uh, workshop facilitator to sign up um, for the program um, was really cool. And just like from the first week I was, I was hooked. Like it was just such a, such a cool concept to me that they were. And what hooked you? Um, really the fact that like they're offering like a workshop setting to like teen girls, like for something that like I didn't get to experience until I was in college and like had to pay for it. Like, like I'm, I'm from Newcastle. Like I, we didn't really have like creative writing classes or things like that. And even like the school environment's very restrictive. This was much more of a like cool. When you talk like this, I can hear the passion in your voice. That's wonderful. (laughs) That's that's awesome. I'm very passionate about Girls Right Pittsburgh. It's an amazing program. Say more about it. Um, well, it's expanded a lot in the past year. Um, it just started in October 2016, and I joined at the end of October of 2016. So it's just like a little little over a year old. They've just expanded. Um, there's locations in at Assemble and City of Asylum. Um, so there'll be one in Allentown. Um, I think. Uh, we also are doing like quarterly workshops and kinds of things, but like really like we're mainly focused on like teen girls from like underprivileged neighborhoods and who are in situations where they, they couldn't afford to do like a workshop like this. And there's just, just opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. Um, and just kind of just be there for them. Like it's a, it's a combination of mentorship them. and also like writing guidance. It's this really like lovely combo. So what you're doing is you're giving these young ladies an opportunity to be heard and to tell their story. Absolutely. So quite often what, when people are marginalized, they feel that their stories are not being heard. They feel that their voices are not being heard and and listened to. 90% of uh, the art of communication is listening. And a lot of these people out there, a lot of these young ladies feel that their voice is not being heard and that eventually you get to the point where why even try? Right. Yeah, it's it's really, really like frustrating. Um, no, that actually like reminds me of something that Roxane Gay, um, writer, said really recently um, in response to Black Panther. There, she was, someone was just like, oh, isn't it like really amazing that like there's finally like a black story being told? And she's like, oh, like we have plenty of black heroes, but for one, there's no stories about them and no one's listening. And now that that's like happening, like it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, but the, also like the same thing with like someone's own creations. If like no one's interested, no one expresses an interest in reading their stuff. Like, yeah, it makes them not want to do it anymore. Like you, some, some of writing is like a purely selfish act. You're writing for yourself, but you also want to share it with others. And you like most of the time, most of the time you want to share it with others and you want them to appreciate it and get something out of it. And if they don't, then it feels like it's worthless. So what we talk about here is treating everyone we meet with courtesy and respect. And even though you may not particularly disagree or agree with someone, you can give them the courtesy of your attention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Indeed. And wouldn't that be a, a nicer world if everyone would listen to someone else? So most people, when they t- when someone else is talking, they're thinking about what they're going to say back. I have many people have what I would call selective deafness. Mm. So I really admire you for getting it out there. And I would suspect that uh, you would hear some fairly heartfelt uh, stories. 
Oh, every every week. <laughs> and how how does that affect you? How do you deal with that? You seem like a, a person who's very empathetic and um like it, it can it can be really rough. Um we're lucky um with girls right that we usually like we have like a mental health component. So like I'm the writing facilitator and there's usually like a mental health facilitator as well. Wonderful. So like there's always like someone that they can like talk to and if like the situation gets like a little like too heavy and it's something that I haven't experienced before, like there's someone else there who kind of knows the the safest way to respond the way that would be most validating to them and helpful wow that sounds great so how does how does someone get involved in this type of program um, well with girls right pittsburgh um we we have a lot of people that are interested in joining um and i suggest you check out the the website for girls right pittsburgh or the facebook um and you can send a message via either one um we are, we will be looking more for more volunteers and like mentors soon. Like the like the attention and like the the amount of people that have expressed interest has been amazing. So like we're at the point where we're still trying to grow more. So to how could that. how could we reach out to our listeners and perhaps there's some facilitators out there who could possibly be interested in participating in that? Um, I I like I said I go to the Girls Right Pittsburgh website. Um, and what is that? I believe it's just girlsrightpittsburgh.com. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll find that. Out. Yeah, I'll and we'll, look it up. we'll we'll put a link uh, to that on our page. But yeah, also like if this is something that um you know a teen girl would benefit from, like send send them our way. Um, it can be like very hard when you're like working, um, because we can't I can't just like go in after school and just be like, Hey, come to this workshop. <laughs> it's gotta be like something that they hear about and then go on their own. Um, but it's not always easy to, to learn about these things. Well, and that's part of the reason that we have this program to put this information out to people who may ordinarily have not been, been able to access this type of information. Mm -hmm. So earlier, Sheena, what you and I talked about the old uh, adage that you can lead a horse to water you can't make them drink however you can make them thirsty and perhaps by participating reading about you reading your blog reading some of your poetry would make some people thirsty enough to pursue something like this that would be wonderful <laughs> well that's uh, that's one of the reasons that we get fascinating intriguing interesting people like yourself on this program to put themselves out there to perhaps gain a wider audience this isn't this isn't this isn't for self. This isn't all about Jim. Believe me, uh, it's about exposing people like yourself uh, who have such a message and something to give. Yeah, and we've got we've got the interest. We've got lots of potential mentors and people who who are willing too. So like we we plan on expanding more throughout the year. It's action and effort in the present that make a future possible. Okay. So what we always do is that's why we always talk about this being I'm right here and it is right now. Okay. Nice. I am right here and it is right now. So what we help people do is avoid time traveling also. Okay. So it sounds like you shook your head on that. <laughs> so most people have frequent flyer miles. And for those who are familiar with this program, uh, know what's to come. Uh, however, most people have frequent flyer miles to the past and to the future with brief layovers in the present. And this is truly when life is happening, is it not? 
Right. Right now. It's right here and it's right now. So would you care to do a little time traveling exercise, Machina? Sure. Okay. So let's close our eyes and let's hold up our left arm, okay? And let's call that the past. And normally when you're living in the past, you're living in resentment or frustration or anger, or you're living in remorse or sorrow or self-pity. You're thinking about things I wish I would have done or thinking about things I wish I would not have done, thinking about things I wish I would have said or things I wish I would not have said. And Sheena, that past becomes a tar pit and we bring that pain of the past right into the present with us. So let's hold up your right arm and let's call that the future. Keep your left arm up. And when we're living in the future, normally we're living in anxiety and we're living in worry. And Sheena, underlying all that is fear. We talked earlier about the importance of labeling and describing thoughts and feelings. Fear is a corroding thread that goes throughout our lives. So perhaps by working together, what we do is we turn that past into experience and wisdom. Not only to help yourself, but to help others. And that's what I see in your writing. You turn your past into experience and wisdom and able to help others. There's no poor me's. It's okay, here's what I did about it. And we turn that future, Sheena, into goals and ambitions. Goals and ambitions are accomplished by action and effort in the present. When we set definitive expectations of ourselves or try to live up to definitive, unrealistic expectations of others, that we, we end up crashing our lives. Okay, so put your hands in the middle of your chest and open your eyes. What organ of your body are your hands near? My heart. Yes. <laughs> so what we challenge people to do is to live where their hearts are. Is your heart beating in the future? Is it beating in the past? When's it beating? Right now. So could you tell everybody <laughs> out there that you're right here and it's right now? I am right here. This is right now. Okay. So you're a delightful person, and we hope that uh, perhaps we can uh, enjoy some of your work in the future, and perhaps you'd like to come back and join us at a future date. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. Great, great, great. That's wonderful. So for those of you who uh, watched on Facebook Live, we salute you. For those of you who are yet to enjoy this program, we wait you with joyful anticipation. Until then, uh, as always, at the end of our podcast, we give a free prescription, Miss Sheena. Uh, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we challenge people to fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself, do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself, forgive another, till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.